Hello and welcome to Impact Ed. I'm H.D. Chambers with ALEAF ISD, and I'm joined today with two senior students in our district, as well as uh, our coordinator for uh, advanced academics. Uh, Ms. Tracy Schultz runs that shop for us. And then we have a couple of students. We have one from Elsick High School and Taylor High School that I'm going to let introduce themselves in one second. But we're here to continue a discussion on student performance, uh, courses students are taking, uh, the rigor that goes into those courses. And in this particular episode, it's going to be how programs like AVID, which I'll let these kids tell you what that stands for because it's an interesting acronym, but uh, but how programs like AVID and, and advanced placement and dual credit and pre-advanced placement, how programs and courses like that have helped them. And then, like I said, all the challenges and the, the, the lessons that they've learned. So with that, I am going to let our students introduce themselves, if you don't mind your, your name and what school you attend and uh, what grade you're in. Okay, um, I'm from Elsick High School. I'm a 12th grader. My name is Zakia Tomlinson. Thank you, Zakia, for being here. And my name is Daniel Jaramillo, and I'm a senior at Aleve Taylor. Thank you, Daniel. And then, Tracy, if you want to introduce yourself. Sure. I'm Tracy Scholes. I'm the district coordinator for the Advanced Academics Department. There's a lot of different ways that people in our society can demonstrate their their smart or their genius or their brilliance. Um, And there's different ways in schools that that students can do that. Uh, Today, we're going to talk more about some of the more higher level, more rigorous courses that, that students take. And not every student takes them, and not every student has to take them, doesn't need to take them. But for those that do, regardless of the reason, I think the, it's, it's uh, something I'm always attempting to do is to encourage students, no matter what you're doing, is to take the toughest courses you possibly can. Y'all don't always want to do that, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's human nature that you don't want to do that. It'll be good for you later. You know, as, yeah, you, as you get older. Sure. And I think as seniors, you're beginning to realize that. Yeah. And when you leave us and you get into college, you'll for sure realize it. Tracy, I'm going to ask you just real briefly, uh, just give an overlay for the people listening to this. When we say advanced academics, or we talk about gifted and talented, or we talk about advanced placement, just give a real brief definition so people know what we're talking about when we use these terms. Okay. So advanced academics is a very broad um, department. It does cover K-12, all content, um, and has a lot of facets to it. It does include the gifted and talented uh, program at the elementary uh, level as far as our PEP and Quest programs that the campuses are concerned. And then we also have kind of our own magnet program, which is called the AIMS program. And uh, then as you move up through the grade levels at the middle school and the high school, we service our gifted and talented uh, students through the pre-AP and the AP programming. But when I say advanced academics is a very broad department, I think that's my favorite part about it. Um, Yes, we service our gifted and talented population, but we don't stop there. We are very much in tune to ensuring that all students in ALEAF have the opportunity to experience advanced level uh, coursework. And that is why at the middle and the high school, we have open enrollment in the pre-AP AP programming because we want all students to experience the rigor of advanced level courses. Um, We also support the dual credit uh, experience as well, because as a as a high schooler, depending on what you're going to go into at the college level, depends on whether or not dual credit or AP would be a better fit for you. 
So we support both aspects of that for rigorous learning. Um, but yeah, so in, in addition to GT and pre-AP and AP and those populations, we also have under our umbrella the AVID program. And what's great about that is that AVID is a system that supports students with the college-going experience and the career-building experience. And I think my favorite part of AVID, which stands for Advancement via Individual Determination, is that it takes students from being passive recipients of learning to active participants in their own learning experiences. And if we're going to request that students experience these rigorous level courses with pre-AP, AP, dual credit or whatever, it's very important that we provide a support system for them, and that's where AVID comes in. It literally guides them through the entire career and college experience, how to find scholarships, how to fill out the applications, what are the soft skills you need in order to succeed beyond um, your high school years. And that, I think, is its strength. Zakia, talk a little bit about AVID and what Ms. Schultz just talked about with what, what fascinates me about the title is the individual determination mm-hmm. part of it. So talk a little bit about your experience with, with AVID. I have been in AVID since I was in about seventh grade. So since I was 12, and I honestly, it may sound a little like cliche or whatnot, but I honestly would not be who I am without AVID. Um, and AVID, like she said, we do the scholarships, FAFSA, all that good stuff that helps us prepare for college. And I knew I had you know, a goal. I knew I had, you know, a dream that I want to accomplish. But AVID was really there to guide me through the process. So when I was in seventh grade, I, I had made my own little, like, <laughs> like this folder, and it had my whole life planned out. In seventh grade? In seventh grade. <laughs> All uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and my teacher, he was like, you know, you have this, but what are you going to do in order to get to it? Yeah. So that guidance, and uh, it prepared me, it allowed me to know the important things of which you need to right. be in college. So the GPAs, the ranking, high test scores, SAT, all that good stuff. And Ava was there to help me out with that. Did you find as a part of that experience in the seventh grade, I mean, since the seventh grade, was it a different experience? Was Ava different than what, how you would typically prepare for other classes or the way you'd been taught? Um, yes, because in Avid, what we did was we would bring what we did in the other classes to Avid, and we have like the TRFs and like the tutorial process. So mm-hmm. we brought that and was like, hey, what if, what if I needed help or whatnot? And Avid was there to help you with that. Very good. Daniel, what about you, man? So I joined Avid junior year. I was a late bloomer. Okay. I didn't know anything about it growing up. I just knew that I wanted to be advanced and I wanted to be at the top of, you know, my academics. Right. And then high school comes around and it's crazy, you know, uh, um, that transition from eighth grade to high school. It, it can be a lot. Yeah. I go into my sophomore year, and I hear about this AVID program, and I see AVID students because they're wearing their AVID shirts, and they have a little classroom at Taylor, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to be a part of this. But I didn't know what they did. I just knew that it would have helped me. And I saw the students in the AVID program, and I knew that they were smart, they were involved, and they, they were going to college. Yeah. And I was like, I want to be a part of that. So I apply, I get in, and it changed everything for me, especially junior year because that's, the, that's a big year, mm-hmm. arguably the biggest year of high school. And yes, I didn't sir. know anything about the SAT, how to apply to college. I didn't know where I wanted to go. And Avid gave me everything I could ask for, everything. Can you pick one or two things out that sticks out in your mind? 
about the Avid experience? Is it note-taking? Is it management of time? What, what, what sticks out to you? The big thing is it builds an individual. It made me care about school way more than I already did. Before getting into Avid, I cared about getting good grades, but now because I was an Avid, I cared about being at the top of everything. If you go into details, the SAT, mm-hmm. it was huge. Avid ingrained it in me that the SAT is extremely important to get into college. And we studied nonstop, but it wasn't just boring reading a book and whatnot. Right. It was involved. And every day we went in there, we were excited to you know better ourselves preparing for this test. And when it came around to that time to take the SAT, I could tell that Avid students, we were more confident than those around us. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Sakia, you were agreeing about the confidence, that, that you felt more confident in, in preparing, not only for the SAT, but just in, in term for classes. I think, um, I tell my math teacher all the time that you can't solve a math question without confidence. And so in Avid, it gives you that confidence to, you know, I can do this and I will. So I think that was a big aspect of it. It's to that determination. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and you have a huge support group with you because it's, you actually become a family in the classroom. Yes. And it becomes a very low-risk environment. So you can take risks without being chastised for them, right? Because you have such a supportive oh, environment. Yeah. 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 I like to call it like a safe space. Mm-hmm. And we're all in there. We're able to yeah. have all our juices flowing without being judged or whatnot. And, you know, we we live in a society that penalizes you on mistakes. And I always told my own children, you can make as many mistakes as you need to between now and 18. Because after that, they become costly. (laughs) Right? So if they brought home a low grade or if we missed, you know, a deadline or whatever, um, we had a conversation about it. But I didn't penalize my my kids for, for making a low grade or missing something. We just had a conversation about it. And then they moved on, right? Which the only mistake you can make is doing it twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think Avid promotes that kind of risk-taking and that kind of uh, sanctuary place where you can make those mistakes and grow and learn from yeah. them. Yeah, and I think you see that in, like, the TRF process when we have our— Why don't you explain what that is? The TRF process is tutorials, and it's every Tuesday and Thursdays. And we basically come in with a point of confusion in each class. And usually it's a question, and mm-hmm. we help each other solve it. And uh, we also have, if I'm not mistaken, the report card summary. And we have, like, a progress report check and all that good stuff. And if you're failing, tutorials is where you have to be. Right. So that's the idea of having that, making that second mistake. So the point of confusion, is that just the topic that's got everybody confused? I think I live in a point of confusion sometimes. <laughs> but, but, Daniel, how does your group work through a, a problem or a point of confusion? We have the same thing on Tuesdays and Thursdays yeah. where we have tutorials, and we split it up into groups. Math on one side, science on the other, social studies on the other. And doing groups like that, it's amazing because we don't feel excluded. We all feel like we can work together to solve these issues and better ourselves mm-hmm. as a group. And that's amazing. But on a day-to-day basis as well, we struggle because as seniors especially, the college applications are not easy. That process is extremely rigorous, but we can all lean on each other for advice and motivation to keep going. And if you step into that avid classroom, you're going to fall in love with it because you can see that all of us care and we're all on the same page and we all have the same goal to get somewhere in life. 
and we're doing we're doing you we're doing it. good at it. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like it. it sounds yeah. like it. I wish Avid would have been around when I was <laughs> when I was in school. I mean, y'all are part of big high schools. I mean, you got four thousand kids at mm-hmm. Elsick and three thousand, a little over three thousand at Taylor. Yeah. It's easy to get lost in the in the crowd, right? Both figuratively and literally. Yeah. Well, how have you maneuvered those waters of a big school and not being one of the ones that gets caught in the cracks or gets left behind, if you will, or gets lost? Is there is there personality traits that you guys have that's, that's refused to allow you to do that? Talk, talk a little bit about that, because I'm always amazed at, these, at how big our schools are and the kids that continue to find their way and find their niche and make sure that they don't get ignored. I think it starts with, like, how are you individually? Staying focused, um, staying on task, knowing what you want, and then striving towards that. And when you have that end goal in mind, all the other stuff really doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, when I went into high school, I told myself, I'm not going to let anything distract me. Because it's obvious that in high school, you're going to meet people that you've never met before. Mm-hmm. And with different hobbies and interests, you know, some better than others. Yeah. And even though I walk with those people in school, I stay determined and I don't let others influence me. And that's just internal strength. You know, I always told myself, I'm going to make my parents proud. Whatever they think is wrong, I'm going to stay away from it. And you just have to be strong-willed like that. And you can be successful if you stick stick true to yourself. That's a lifelong <laughs> lifelong lesson. It's going to take you far, not just through high school. We mentioned some of the other advanced academic programs, Tracy. From the AVID perspective, I know we're trying to grow that downstream, if you will, mm-hmm. from middle school and, and elementary. If you don't mind, talk just a little bit about what it looks like in elementary versus so, what these guys are experiencing in right. high school. So at the secondary level, what you're hearing them talk about is the um, AVID elective classroom. And that's where the tutorials occur and you have the... Um, um, the conversations about the classes and the courses that they're taking, which is the support you get for those rigorous courses. I always love to have a conversation with high school teachers when I ask them, do you know that the AVID students talk about you and your class in the tutorials? They're always very surprised because they don't realize the amount of work students do with their classroom work outside of the classroom. They really tear apart those math problems and those science concepts in the tutorial process. Now, what we would like to see is at our high schools, like we have a school-wide campus that would be Ailey for Early College High School, mm-hmm. and they're actually a national site of distinction. Um, and they have AVID every year, ninth grade, 10th grade, right. 11th grade, 12th grade. Um, and we'd like to see some of our other campuses go school-wide as well. And we're starting to get traction at some of those campuses, specifically H&GC and E&GC have expressed huge interest in taking AVID, not just in the elective class, but across all classes. And what that means is simply that the skill sets that you guys are getting and the confidence that's being built in um, your progress and in your performance is something that we want to share in all the classrooms. And there are a couple of things that we could specifically do that would help AVID go school-wide, and that's really just the focus note-taking process and that organization of time and materials. So um, those are two concepts that all students would benefit from. And as you move down, that's secondary in right. in uh, high school and middle school. But as you move into our intermediate and elementaries, they already are AVID school-wide. So if you look at our intermediate schools, all fifth and sixth grade students are currently enrolled in uh, the AVID system. Uh, we train the teachers every year. We've got summer institutes. We have A-LEAF um, workshops and things that we, we invite our 
teachers and educators too, uh, to help them with the process of ensuring that all students have access to the kinds of skills um, that come through the AVID program. And then at the K-4 campuses, uh, we currently have uh, 10 campuses that are AVID. And what we did there is we started to um, uh, adopt AVID at our campuses. We started with like third and fourth grade or just fourth grade. So we let the, the older kids kind of experience it and we let the campus become comfortable with implementing it uh, on a daily basis. And what we're finding is that they see the benefits all the way down through kindergarten with that time management and organization of materials and um, the wicker strategies, which are the writing, the inquiry, collaboration, organization, and reading strategies. By the way, I always emphasize that these have tremendous crossover with PSYOP mm-hmm. strategies. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cohesion between the reading programs they're already doing, the writing programs they're already doing. And AVID essentially is what I like to call your, clo- your closet organizer. You've already got the pants and the shoes and the shirts and the jackets, right? But they come in and they systemize everything that you already have in existence into a really cohesive system that yeah. allows you to function and operate at a higher, a higher level. So, um, yes, we do want to continue to invite other campuses to be part of it. And uh, I'm ready and willing and hopeful that I get contacted. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys take uh, advanced placement courses? Oh yeah, yeah. So the so those are typically known as being a little more rigorous than a a traditional course for for students that may be in middle school, even intermediate school, that would be listening to a couple of seniors and who may be nervous or don't even know what advanced placement is. They may not even heard of it before. What would be your advice to those kids as they start taking courses and getting older? What's your advice for preparing for those courses, and what's your advice for trying to encourage students to to take those courses? Um, I think you should go in and at least take one, you know, at mm-hmm. least try it out. I think that's big in trying it out because there are a lot of people who are like, oh, it may be too hard for me. You know, I have a younger sister in intermediate. She's going to middle school. And I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. at least try it. And right. if it doesn't work, then that's fine. It may not be for you. But you have to go in with an open mindset and know that it may be a little faster paced, but it's the same content and you're just doing a little more. You're building skills that you wouldn't be able to build in a regular class. Have you found that the work is a little different in an advanced placement course, or is it more of it? Is it faster? In, in your mind, what makes a more rigorous course than maybe a non-advanced placement course? I think it's a little faster paced. And like, for instance, in AVID, we do like the level one, level two questions, level three. Mm-hmm. And the question process is a little bit more deeper, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Make that's sure, that's make, the word I was looking for, <laughs> is deeper. <laughs> Thank you. She, she came through. So when you say deeper, you just mean that whatever the content you're talking about, there's a deeper discussion Mm -hmm. into it than just whatever's on the surface of the issue. Mm -hmm. Daniel, what about you? What advice would you give and suggestions? For those that are scared to take advanced courses, I know I was scared. I was in their shoes. But what I did is I just pushed myself because I knew that getting into these courses, even though I may struggle a little bit more at the beginning, I'm going to get accustomed to it and it's going to build a stronger me. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's going to prepare me for the future. Because at the end of the day, those people in the real world out there that are successful are the ones that work the hardest. Why not get a head start? Mm-hmm. Why not start early and push yourself above others? And that's something that I really ingrained in my mind, is that it may be hard. It may be more work at a faster rate. But at the same time, 
I'm pushing ahead of all these other people that are taking regular courses. On top of that, the people in those advanced courses have the same mindset as you. They're also trying to get to the same spot, mm-hmm. to the very top. And it's motivation for you. It's not competitive. You have friends. You get along. But it's just, it feels really nice knowing that you sit with people that are trying to be successful just like you. And another thing that I love about advanced courses is that they're funner. In my opinion, mm-hmm. I love taking advanced courses because I'll talk to some some of my friends that are taking, let's say, on-level English, and I'm taking advanced English, and they'll just say, oh, we had paperwork, or we filled out this, this sheet. Mm-hmm. And then in my class, we're doing you know, construction projects and we're making models and we're acting out stuff. And I love how creative, not just English advanced, but all my advanced courses can get. Do you you think, it's interesting you say that, do you think own level courses could use the same type of strategies? I'm always curious from from y'all's perspective as to why couldn't those types of creative problem solving type activities, why couldn't they work across other level courses in, in your opinion? Or could they? Or could they work? I feel like they could. Yeah. I feel like if they implemented them into those regular courses, it would work. You know, it's not just limited to advanced courses. But I feel the reason why they stay away from it is because these students, if let's say you're in high school and you're taking regular courses, m- more often than not, you didn't take advanced courses growing up. Right. They got used to that. Mm-hmm. They got used to the simple paperwork and just getting by simply. So I feel like that's the only thing that's holding them back. Like I said earlier, it starts from within. So being comfortable isn't best. Mm-hmm. You want to continue to push yourself. And that's how once once you begin to push yourself, then you will see how interactive advanced courses are. And I would, I would add to that, that more and more colleges are making um, people aware that it's not just GPA. Right, mm-hmm. that yeah. they're that's banking your admittance to their to their school, and it's not just SAT score. They're trying very hard to send the message that they do want well-rounded students who are taking rigorous courses because that sends a message of that grit, that sends a message of yeah. resilience, that sends a message that you did go above and beyond the regular, the norm that a lot of other students chose to to pursue. Yeah, of course. We talked earlier about perhaps one thing that would prevent a student from wanting to do it is being nervous or scared. Mm. Daniel, you mentioned that you felt a little nervous or scared before you started taking What What were you scared of? I was scared of fitting in. That's what I was scared of. My entire life, I wanted to be in GT. You talk about fitting in with other students? Yes, okay. fitting yeah. with other students and not feeling smart enough. Yeah. Because growing up, I always took the, the GT test, but I, I failed it. And then in seventh and eighth grade, I took it and I got in. Even though I knew that on on the test, I was on their level, mm-hmm. deep down, I was really worried that I wouldn't be able to stay on their course. Keep up with them. Exactly. Yeah. Keep up with them. Yeah. And maybe like I won't have the same personality as all of them. Maybe they're all the same <laughs> and they're like funny in their own way and whatnot. <laughs> and I was scared of that. But then whenever I got into GT, it opened my eyes, and I loved it. I saw that. It's not like you looked at students and you just saw, oh, my God, genius, like, <laughs> amazing, you know? <laughs> they were just another friend. Just and, regular kids. Yeah, they were just regular kids. Yeah. But the stuff that we learned in there, 
it was so fun and interactive and it took everything to the next level. And getting accepted into that GT course in eighth grade and then going into high school, I was like, okay, they don't have GT in high school, but what's similar to that? Mm-hmm. Advanced courses. And I got into those. Again, I was scared to get into them, but it turned out perfect for me. It was amazing. Were you nervous? Do you recall being nervous or scared or worried, kind of like what Daniel? Mine was, um, I was kind of nervous about not getting an A. And it may, you know, it's more than just that grade that you get. And I, you know, I had to learn that through the course of high school, but I was scared of that A kind of like resembled success in a way. And I felt like if I didn't get an A, then I. So you were scared of failure. Yeah. Right? Not necessarily making an F, but scared of failure Mm -hmm. not making an A. Yeah. And when you're scared yeah, of failure, then that kind of holds you back. It can hold you back or it can motivate you. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's a lot of people, particularly in, in the sports world, yep. that they're motivated by fear of failure, fear yep. of losing. It's not, the, it's not the euphoria of winning. It's how fearful they are of mm-hmm. losing. And, I, yep. and it, there's a lot of that in, in me sometimes. Your experiences as the, up through the AP courses, did that in any way, shape, or form, did that influence where you're planning to go to school? Because before we leave here, I want, I want you to talk about where you've decided to go to school and what you've chosen, at least right now, what you think you want to major in. Tell tell the audience where you're going to school, what you're planning on majoring in, and then what role did any of these courses, any of this have in, in helping you make that decision? So I will be going to Texas A&M University. Right. I want to major in biochemistry. And um, ninth grade and 10th grade year, I took AP, I mean pre-AP biology and chemistry. Just being in those courses and seeing those sciences just may be it for me. Right. And what we were doing in those classes, like the labs, the um, projects or whatnot, that right there shaped me into what I want to do. Yeah. That's what you want to do. So that was just exposure to the course, right? Mm-hmm. What about you, Daniel? I will be attending Colby College as a Questbridge Scholar, and I will be majoring in political science. Is that right? Yes, sir. Interesting. <laughs> Where did that come from? Ever since I was little, honestly. I, wanted, I just told myself, I want to be a lawyer. Yeah. But I never knew what it meant. I just <laughs> thought it was cool. Um, and then I got into, I, I, you know, I aged, you know, I got smarter. And I saw what it was really about. I, I want to say about eighth grade, I actually pushed myself away from that. I told myself, I don't know what I want to be, but I don't want to be a lawyer. Because it's a lot of studying, a <laughs> lot of reading, a lot of memorizing, all of that. It's research. Exactly. It was, it, it looked like a burden. Um, mm-hmm. But then as I got into high school, I feel like the true me came out, and I saw that I was capable of so many things. By taking those advanced courses, Mm -hmm. I studied, and I didn't get stressed out about it. I read a lot, totally fine. I could memorize things. And I was like, okay, let me go back to that that goal of wanting to be a lawyer. Maybe it's not so bad after all. Mm -hmm. Those advanced courses really, really um, encouraged me and made me see my true potential. And I feel like... That's what's keeping me true to my goal of becoming a lawyer. And that's really what we want for all students, right, is to realize their potential and then have the access and the equity piece there so that they can tap into it. Yeah. It'd be be nice. It's unrealistic, but it'd be nice if we could find every every student's what their potential is, whatever that is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then push them just a little bit higher than that. Yeah. if, If we knew where you would limit out on your potential and then just push you just a little bit more. And I think that's what education attempts to do. It yeah. doesn't, doesn't always do it successfully because we're dealing with human beings. You know, it's, it's human beings, teachers, adults, dealing with human beings, yeah. children, students, 
trying to figure that out. Obviously, your families deserve a lot of credit. Yeah. Yes, they do. Your yeah. families deserve a lot of credit. I'm just sitting there. I, I met, met y'all for the first time an hour ago, and I'm thoroughly impressed with your with your thoughtfulness and your ability to articulate what you're thinking. And I think your families have a lot to do with that. I think you would uh, you would agree. Heck, you said I think both of y'all <laughs> said your families motivate you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and that's always rewarding for me to hear that kids are expressing that type of appreciation to those who are supporting them. A lot of the things y'all said is it keeps coming back to one word to me, and that's confidence. As you sit here and get ready to graduate high school, and I know y'all are ready to move on, and you got one <laughs> foot in Colby or one foot in A&M already, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. I know, I know, I know. But as you're sitting here getting ready, what, what is it that you're nervous about with higher ed? Is there anything that you're sitting there thinking in the back of your mind? Uh, I am extremely nervous. <laughs> I told myself that I deserve this. I deserve to be in my position. But every now and then, I doubt myself. I told myself, am I ready for this? Because the workload from college is going to be on a new, on a new level. Mm-hmm. And every graduate that I've talked to, they told me, you're on your own time. You have to be independent. There's no bills. Exactly. <laughs> they it's, don't count tardies. It's all on you. Yep. Even though I, I feel like I take good care of myself and I have good time management and I keep myself motivated. I don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different life. I'm going all the way to Maine. You know, yeah. I was born and raised here in Houston in A-Leaf, and it's going to be a completely new life for me. So I don't know what to expect. But whatever it is, I still have the same goals in mind, to make my parents proud and to make a name for myself. And that's what I'm relying on. I'm um, personally nervous about all of the first, you know, the first time you're by yourself. Yeah. First time you're on your own clock, your own time <laughs> management, and everything, and but I think experiencing those first really shape you who you are. Because that first year you're out of high school, no parents, that's when you really find out who you really are. So that's the you're that's inter- it right you're there. In- you're interested in meeting who you really are, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My daughter is at Texas State and. I think she's still having some firsts, and she's a junior. <laughs> but I, I remember um, a conversation we had her freshman year. She called me, and um, she was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, I have so much to do, so much to do. Everything's due this week, you know, tomorrow, the next day, Friday. And I let her go on for about 15 minutes, and I said, okay, are you, are you done? <laughs> I said, I want you to look at that clock. I said, that clock does not stop. Mm-hmm. I said, you had your moment to express your concerns. I said, now what you need to do is you need to prioritize. You need to sit down. You need to figure out what absolutely has to be done first. I said, I'm going to tell you something you're not going to like to hear. There's something called an Mm -hmm. (laughs) all-nighter that is a very real thing in college. I had a few myself. I said, sometimes you have to push yourself beyond what you've ever had to push yourself um, to accommodate whatever it is. But I also wanted to emphasize, and, and we do this a lot in the, like we have rally day coming up mm-hmm. yeah. um, in a couple of weeks. We emphasize the fact that the whole time management thing, you're used to being in school for 35 hours a week, mm-hmm. approximately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you enroll in college, you're only in class for about 12 or 15, mm-hmm. depending on the, the load. Yeah. Right? So the question then becomes, how do you allocate those last 15, 20 hours of time to academic studies. Yeah. And if you can figure that out, then you can help alleviate some of the mm-hmm. stress of the workload that, you, that you're nervous about. Yeah. Yeah, my, um, my teacher actually told me, 
you're in school, like you said, for like 12 hours in that week. He said you need to be studying mm-hmm. times three. Mm-hmm. So making sure everything gets done, studying. You have to, when you come home, you automatically jump right into them books and get it done. It's a very simple way of looking at it, but it's, it's, uh, it's true and it's, it's habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you get there and you start by doing what you're describing, you know, taking whatever 12, 15 hours, whatever you're taking, and then you allocate 10, 12 hours to whether it's immediately after class, but you budget your time somewhere. Mm-hmm. If you start doing it from day one, it'll become a habit. Of course. Yeah. And, and of course. So I don't think many of us learn that habit. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you have to learn it the hard way. But I, I, the reason I asked the question is because, you know, you made several comments about how you're glad you, you made that leap, even though you were fearful of the of the leap into what's advanced placement courses or gifts and talented or whatever it is. Yeah. This is no different. It's just you'll be in another state. You'll be in another city. Yeah, you mm. will be on your own. No, there won't be bells ringing to warn you to get the first period on time. But the same skills, the same mindset, every single thing that you've used to get to where you are now, apply them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like you practice for a game. You continue, you practice, you practice, you practice. And when game time happens, hopefully you've created enough good habits from practice that you apply those same habits at game time. And you're comfortable. And you're mm-hmm. comfortable because yeah. you've, you've done it before. And I think that the two of you, and, I'm, and there's a bunch of other kids just like you guys, but the two of you in particular, don't forget what allowed you to be successful through your high school experience because it'll, it'll get you through the, the college experience. Uh, we're going to wrap up here in a second, but before we do, I want to I give you a chance to, to recruit. All right. Mm. So here's your, here's your audience. Uh, we, met, we talked earlier about the elementary, intermediate, middle school kids that, that are probably sitting there just like you guys were five, six, seven years ago, having the same identical thoughts. So, Kia, what are your words of wisdom to those kids? Because as someone who's lived it so far. Try it. Go ahead and take that leap, like you said, take that leap. And once you get a hang of and you're in it, it's amazing. Honestly, I wouldn't, um, I've been in it for a long time when we're talking about the academics, mm-hmm. the AVID, mm-hmm. uh, advanced uh, placement courses. And once you're in those classes, you get that, like you continue to build those skills and you find out who you are and you develop those habits. Mm-hmm. And those habits make you take different routes and allows you to see those different opportunities and you seize them. And that's actually how I pay. Well, I'm currently paying for college. I'm a posse scholar. And going into that and you have that mindset of what you want to do, that's all you need. Having that mindset saying, I will do it and I know I can. And that's how, that's what I want to tell you guys. And the determination to do it, Mm -hmm. right? Individual determination. (laughs) (laughs) Daniel, what's your advice? So what I would tell the audiences that are considering this is do it because the benefits of it outweigh all the things that you're going to have to face. And what I always told myself, to this day I told myself, is that if I'm not stressing at the at the slightest, if I'm taking a stroll through it, I'm not working hard enough. And before I took these advanced courses, before I took AVID, that's what it felt like. It felt extremely easy for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to push myself because I'm not going to grow if I don't. So for everybody that's considering taking advanced courses and being enrolled at AVID, do it. Because you're going to become somebody that you never expected to become. And you're going to love who you are in a few years. Mm-hmm. So don't be comfortable where you are right now, Not right? at all. Not at all. Push yourself. Well, y'all have been extremely impressive. 
Thank you. Uh, oh, thank you. You really have. You, as I mentioned earlier, I'm sure there's been a lot of raising by your family to get you to this point, and a lot of help by adults, teachers, the like, kids, students, friends. Um, but thank you very much for for participating in this. Thank you, thank you. Tracy. Thank any you. any parting comments from you? Just that you know the pride you feel in talking yeah. with just these two students. You want that for every student. Like you want to feel this way about all the students that cross through campuses, and and you just you want more of it. The challenge in the education system now is trying to figure out a place for for every student so they will feel the way you guys feel. Y'all y'all found yours. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's obviously not for everyone, but what is it for everyone? That's the challenge that people like Tracy and I have is trying to figure out how do we put. You know, this building is an example. Got students that go to school over here that have other desires. They break their comfort levels in other ways. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, we I don't think the K-12 system, the education system, has one for every student yet. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's and we're true. working on it. We're working on it. So we'll get Definitely. There. Mm-hmm. We'll, right. get well good luck to you guys. Thank you. I'll see you at graduation. Yes, sir. And yes. Uh, if I don't recognize you coming across the stage, give me a big hug. All right. <laughs> all right. Cool. Thank you guys again. Thank very you. Much. Thank you. Y'all so much. been listening to Impact Ed. I'm H.D. Chambers, and thank you and look forward to the next episode. This has been an AMP production.